Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the word giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. This morning, how you doing? How's everybody? Good, good. Great to have you guys with us today um, at Thrive Church. Super Bowl Sunday, a big American holiday today. Um, I know, thank you for coming out on Super Bowl Sunday to uh, be with us. I had a church in Florida that we only did church Sunday nights at 6 p.m., our only service. Super Bowls were terrible. Um, you know, so we ended up just starting having like Super Bowl parties um, instead of church on Super Bowl Sunday night because it's such an American holiday. Um, tonight, we are having a big bash uh, here. How have food kind of tailgating right in the back, game on the big screens, come hang out. Don't talk to me about church stuff during the football game. I'm a sports fanatic. Okay? Um, we will have prayer counselors in the back during the Super Bowl that can pray with you and counsel you about anything that you're going through. Um, if you're a first-time guest with us, I want to say thank you uh, for being here today. And uh, it's, it's our honor that you would come and choose to worship here at Thrive, try out, you know, walk in a new door, new church. Thank you for doing that. You can turn your guest card in to the blue basket um, beside the TV, and we'd love to stay in touch with you. Promise we will not do any weird visits or anything like that. Um, so anyway, turn to your Bibles today or your copy of God's Word to Luke 10, 38. Luke 10, verse 38. We're in a new series called Margin, as you just saw the video. And the next several weeks, we're going to look at what does it mean to have margin in our lives. I'm very excited about this series. I believe every series we do is the best series ever. And I think this one's going to be the best series ever as well. Luke 10, 38. Now, tell me honestly, how does this look on me? A little silly? Why does it look a little silly? Because it doesn't fit, right? I I know I got a watermelon head. I mean, y'all... I want you to look at your talk, your talk notes. You get your talk notes. You came and look at your talk notes. Don't they look weird? Like, usually it's the whole page, not half of it. Some of you that are um, type A personalities are actually mad. You're like, why would this church do this? Why would they give us half notes? I'm never coming back. Uh, that's on purpose. There's no margin, and it looks silly, and it's a little frustrating, isn't it, with those notes? That's the same way a lot of our lives look like. Many of our lives look a little little silly and are a little frustrating because we have no margin. No room for anything extra in our lives. Now, the next four weeks, I'm going to look at the idea of how do we gain margin in key areas of our life. Um, today, I'm going to set you up with creating margin, but next week, scheduling margin. How do you put the big rocks in first? We're going to talk about that. The third week's financial margin. How in the world do you find financial margin? We all need a little more of that, right? And then the last week is moral margin that we'll be looking at. So this morning, let's go ahead and look at Luke 10, 38. We're going to visit this passage again, but I want to go ahead and open up with it, and let's just read it. Um, We're going to see two ladies we're going to compare and contrast this morning. Verse 38 says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. See that emphatic, she wants some help. 
Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And, and watch this here. Mary has chosen, help me, what is, say it, better. And it will not be taken from her. Let's pray. God, this morning we thank you for a chance to gather and worship and encourage each other. We thank you for a chance, God, to come into your house and focus on the cross. Focus on the finished work of the cross in our lives. Now, God, we ask today you would speak to our hearts, that you would help us to understand uh, this idea of margin. And God, let us honor you with our whole lives, Lord. We open our hearts to your word today. We open our minds to your word today. It's in the great and awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Um, How many of you today would say you're just a little stressed out? Let's be real. Maybe you wish you had a little more time, right? Time for family? A little more money. Let's just be honest in here. Okay, we don't need liars in church. So, a little little more money. Um, The world that we live in wants us to have more and to do more. And we're pressured to buy more, be more, have more, do more, fill more time in our schedules. That's the way that it operates. And I would suggest today and submit to you that many of us are living at an unsustainable and possibly even an unbiblical pace of life that we're running. Meeting to meeting, schedule to schedule, your kids basketball game to game, appointment to appointment, and we're like rats on the hamster wheel. Because what our society has taught us is normal isn't really normal. I mean, think about it. If you're a parent of, middle, of, of, of school-age kids at, in general, soccer Mondays, kazoo playing on Tuesdays, church on Wednesdays, church on Wednesdays, <laughs> baseball on Thursdays. I mean, you got something every night of the week with kids, right? And then they have to do schoolwork, and you're like, man, I am tired. I am worn out in my life. And you got to realize that, that we're trapped in this hamster wheel of doing something all the time, running. We have no margin in our lives. One thing I've noticed is this. Everyone I know has very little error, room for error, in the major things of life. We're one paycheck away from going under. We're one relationship away from breaking down. And we're all going through things in our life like that. We have very little margin in our life. And here's what margin is, and it's in your notes. It's the amount available of what is necessary. The amount available of what is necessary. So think about it. Um, If you go through your daily routine, I don't think anybody in here does this. And if you do, we have prayer counselors that will be available after service to help you. But um, when you go to get gas, you don't think, okay, I'm on E. I have no more gas left. I, I cruised in just on fumes. Now, we've all done that, right? But you don't think, I need .3 gallons to get to home and back, and I'll just fill it up again. And so I actually need $3 and, you know, 28 cents to do that. And that's all I have in my wallet. Nobody does that. Nobody's smart enough to calculate and do that, you know? Um, or if, if you go to purchase groceries, you're not like, okay, today I'm going to, you know, what, what the list is, I'm going to spend $78.23. That's all I'm bringing with me, no matter what. I'm just bringing that money with me, and there's, no, there's just no room, okay? Nothing for error. That's all I have. That's all I'm going to do. Not debit card. I'm talking about cash, and you're counting it out. When you go, you always make room and make margin in some way. Maybe it's a little bit like me. You may bring $79 to the grocery store, but you, you know, You're with me here on this. But in our major areas of life, we don't have margin. 
We do it in the things we don't think about, but in the things that really matter, we don't have margin in our life. And a lot of our lives look silly, just like this hat on my head, or those notes that you have to look at and write on. You have no room for the major things that God wants to do. And margin may be this. It may be showing up early for work, or showing up early for a meeting, so you're not stressed out when you get there. None of you do that, though, right? You're always early for everything, right? It's having money left over at the end of the month. We said it again. Some of y'all think I thought I was speaking in tongues. No, it's not that. You're like, just get out of here, man. Something's good. I can't understand what he was saying. We need interpretation. Um, having money left over at the end of the month. That is called having margin in our lives. Um, for some of you, margin is having distance between you and temptation. If you have overcome alcohol addiction, you don't need Jack Daniels hanging out in your house with you on a rainy day, right? If, if, if you're just dating someone, you don't need to stay over at their house at night and hang out and do the whole, we're, we're going we're to party together, live together, and pretend because you're putting yourself in temptation's way. Uh, for some of us, it's having emotional capacity where you're not ready, ready to bite everyone's head off. I know none of you do that because you're just so holy. You would never do stuff like that. But it's living with no room for error, no margin in our lives. Margin could just simply be having time to think and reflect. But here's what I've realized. The very thing we need called margin, very few of us have. And it's taking a toll on our lives. Um, when I live a life without margin, it takes a toll on me. And what I want to look at is two ladies who exemplify this whole idea of margin. And it's in Luke 10, 38, we read earlier. I want to draw your attention back to it. I want us to outline these two ladies here. It says in verse 38, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So we have Martha. Say Martha. She had a sister called Mary. Say Mary. These two, these two sisters here. Who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But watch this. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. You see that? And she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. That's awesome when you're telling Jesus, giving Jesus commands, right? But you got to see something here. Martha was convinced that her way was right. My lifestyle is right. What I'm doing is right. Nobody tell me. Jesus, you tell them. I mean, some of y'all are asking Jesus to tell, help me right now because I have no idea. You don't know what I'm going through. I don't have any time. Kevin, I don't get to sit around and watch the Bible hover over my desk all week. <laughs> I'm busy. I've got a schedule. But if you, if you realize something here, we all have a little bit of Martha in us, don't we? Watch what Jesus says here. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, just like us today. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen, and watch this, what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. See, I, you got to realize something. Two ladies with the same opportunity. Jesus is there in their midst. And one chooses what is good and another chooses what is better. Martha was busy, running around, doing everything. 
She's like many of us, right? And what I've come to understand is if Satan can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. He'll get you really busy doing a whole bunch of stuff and you will find yourself frustrated, tired, and worn out. And Jesus says, Mary chose what is better. My heart during this series is that you make some choices that are better than just the good stuff. Romans 12.2 says this. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Now watch this pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Two, it's a dichotomy, two choices here. Many of us are like Martha. We live according to the pattern of the world. We have no free time. We keep every waking hour busy. We're gone doing, 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 doing. That's the pattern of this world. But it takes a transformation for some of us to make a transforming um, art in our minds and say, we are going to make changes to build margin and choose the better things in life. And guys, listen, let me be real with you. I'm not pushing for minor changes during this series for you. I want some of you to make major changes in your life. Because if those minor changes would have worked, you would have done it a long time ago. And it would have worked by now. But some of us need to rearrange things and transform the way that we think so we can start choosing the better things and be in the Mary situation instead of being in the Martha situation. But right now, I can sense that some of you are, again, arguing with me in your minds. I, I know how you are. You have the ability to look at me and think about something else. Or look at me and talk to me while I'm preaching. And you're, you say, I can't. I've got so much. And there's no way that I can do it. Let me just be real with you. Your schedule is your choice. You are the master of your schedule. And you're able to say yes and to say no to things. And many of us have to align our lives to say yes to the better things and no to the good things. Here's what happens. When you live a margin-less life, when you, like your notes are, or this hat on my head that I put on earlier, my big watermelon head. Um, when you live a margin-less life, here's what happens. When margin decreases, are you ready? Stress increases. When margin decreases, stress increases. Meaning that when you have no margin in like your finances and the AC breaks, you get stressed out, right? I do too. I'm not superhuman. I'm just like you. Or if margin maybe um, was being late for you in church. You're late for church. The margin decreased. You were arguing on the way to the church today. And you're like, we're going to be late. And you got here and you needed to like... Ask God for forgiveness and your wife, probably, if you're like me, um, because you didn't have any margin getting here on time. None of you did that, did you? Because you're, you're way above those things. But when margin decreases, your stress level increases. And let's be real. A lot of our stress levels have increased because our margin has decreased. Here's the second thing that happens, too. When margin decreases, relational intimacy also decreases. When you have no margin in life, uh, your relationships suffer. Mainly a spouse relationship where when you have no time, no money, no energy, it gets really tough. And my wife and I sat down. I was tired of being angry. We would sit down for our budget meetings. We'd do budget meetings twice a month and we would sit down with our budget meeting and we'd get mad at each other by the time we got finished, right? Like we needed a, a worship service after our budget meetings when we looked at it. And 
I just told my wife after Strapped last year, we did a series called Strapped in February of last year, and I just got tired of being strapped. I was tired of being sick and tired of fire. I was tired of being broke. I was tired of living by credit cards. I was like, man, we got to make some changes. And what we did last year is paid off four credit cards. Didn't get out, didn't take any out, any, any more new debt, and we got three more to pay off that were almost there. We got tired of doing that in our life, of having stress in our relationship. And if you'll be real, most couples will say, yeah, the main thing we're, we're upset about is money. And when that stress increases, your relationships in life suffer the most. Um, I want you to realize this. People say the number one reason they have slacked off from church is that they are, help me, busy. 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 Good things, right? Noble things. Martha things. But not merry things. Uh, you, you get in this, this idea and this hamster wheel that you begin to choose what is good over what is best. We get too busy on things that don't eternally matter in our lives. I mean, I want you to think about it in, in your life. It's like the things that you stay busy on. And you plan to slow down, don't you? January 1st, a lot of y'all had a plan. I'm going to slow down, man. I'm going to be like Mary. I'm going to choose what is best. And now you're in February, you're like, okay, the diet didn't work. The gym didn't work. The little plan we put together didn't work. It all fell apart. And you're stressed out again, right? That's what we prayed and planned margin for February, not January. Because I knew by February, a lot of your New Year's resolutions would have worn off already. But why is it that so many of us plan to slow down, plan to do these things but never happen? You know why? Here's the reason. We don't trust God. If you're busy all the time, you got to go all the time, got to be doing this all the time, the root issue is you don't really trust God. I feel like I'm getting ready to get bludgeoned up here with some of these looks y'all giving me. Now, come on. Seriously, think about it. The Lord told the Israelites in the Old Testament to have a Sabbath day. Jesus was probably the busiest man alive, right? I mean, if you could walk around and just heal people and do that stuff, you would be mighty busy too. A lot of sick folk, and they didn't have a good health care back then. But he took a Sabbath. How many of you would actually take a Sabbath? How many of you have taken a Sabbath where you say, you know what, I have a day a week, and that just is to rest. And the law commanded them to do that. See, if you don't work, you're lazy, is what the Bible says. But if you don't rest, you're disobedient. That's how God even rested himself when he created the earth. Six days he worked, seventh day he did what? He rested. Now, I remember two kids were, were in, in children's church with my wife one day, and they said, God got arrested. Uh, no, no, he rested. <laughs> he rested. A lot of us wouldn't take a day off just to rest. You know why? Because we think that if we don't do it, it's going to fall apart. Because you don't trust God. Let's just be real. Let's get down to why we do what we do. Uh, or giving. It's like 10%. That, I want to find a church that doesn't talk about money at all. Huh? Because you're God over your fine. You wouldn't give God 10% because you, you couldn't trust him with 90. Let me just be real. It's trust. My wife and I tithed when we were on food stamps. <laughs> yeah. They're like, man, we're going to trust God. I don't care. I will sit in the dark and trust God. 
And many of us uh, don't trust the Lord and that's why we stay so busy. And many of us are here also, we want to fill that void in our heart. That's why you stay so busy. You have an emptiness in your heart. Totally empty. That nobody knows about and you stay so busy every waking hour. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I love all those things. Emails, all that. I will shut my phone off. I went and hung out with my, my wife on Friday. And I put on there, if you have an emergency, dial 911. Because <laughs> I will not answer my phone for any reason. Because I'm taking margin for my relationship because it matters. Listen, things, you survived 20 months without Kevin Bordeaux before he got here to Virginia. You can survive 20 hours without Kevin Bordeaux in your life, right? Why would you do that? Because I trust God. God can handle what is necessary. So I take a day off per week. I do. I schedule. My wife will ask me, because if I don't, I get really burned out. She'll say, what day you're taking off? No, no, no. You need to take a day off. I don't care. You're taking the day off this week. Because I'm better when I have a day off. It's like, you know, you've seen the Snickers commercial? You're not yourself when you're, uh, you're hungry. I'm not myself without my Sabbath. And I've learned that God will take care of the rest. And many of us don't trust God. We stay busy. And we've become the idols of our own lives. Here's the throne room. God's on the throne, right? We sang that this morning, talked about it. He's on the throne. He's over everything. He's sovereign. He rules everything. But what we've done is squeeze God off the throne and we've set up on it and said, well, if I don't get it done, it's not going to get done. Well, gee whiz, if I don't do it, it's not going to do it. I'll stay to 7 or 8, 9 o'clock at night and then complain all week about why I'm working so much. Sometimes you've got to step, because you don't believe God can handle it. You've got to let some things go in life. And let God do what he's going to do. And take yourself off the throne and say, I'm going to stop playing God. I'm going to stop being God. I'm going to build margin in my life and let God handle the rest. Example, you get the house. Then you get the promotion. Then you get the car. And then you get the car and you've got to have the rings. And girls, you know, you've got to have those diamond earrings that look so pretty. You know, the, the Jared's, Tiffany's, you've got to go there and do it. And then you've got to have the clothes and you get the credit cards. Because you, you have a void in your heart that you're trying to fill. We all do that. Uh, parents, you want your kids to have the best everything. Some of y'all have your kids on the kazoo travel team to play the kazoo. We're going to have the best kazoo playing kids in Chesterfield County. And we're going to have them travel every night of the week and play kazoo. I don't know how you play a kazoo, but it sounds good. And we're going to travel and do kazoo. And You know little Johnny is never going to... He don't even start on the rec team in soccer. I mean, if you don't start for rec team, you're in trouble. I, I know that because that was me in basketball when I was a kid. And we got our kids so busy. We got everything so busy because we can't pause and take a break. Because if we do that, everything's going to fall apart, right? I mean, my dad told me, I'll never forget, when I was uh, nine years old, and I'm five foot five and a half, which I need to add in there. He said, son, you're not going to make it to the NBA. I just want to let you know. Five foot five and a half guys who are husky, is what they called me as a kid, um, <laughs> don't make it to the NBA. Dad didn't have me out in travel leagues doing stuff. I'm not saying travel leagues are bad, but I'm saying sometimes we do a lot of stuff that's not going to be beneficial. It's good, but it's not the best. And we have to make choices in our life to discover what is best and what's going to last. I've got to have the perfect body. I've got to be in the gym four hours a day and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger because my body is nice, but my, I don't, I don't know how they did it, but my soul's empty. 
I'm so empty. I've got to find something to fill the void in my heart. And we do that. We put ourselves as idols on the throne instead of allowing God to be on there because we really don't trust him. Over the next few weeks, what I want to do in this margin series is have a come to Jesus meeting. Some of y'all parents know what a come to Jesus meeting is, don't you? That means when, when you, you, my, my coach would do it. They'd play bad. He'd say, all right, guys, we're going to come to Jesus meeting Monday. That meant you, meant you ran a lot of laps and watched a lot of game film. Not because he was mad with us, because he saw potential in us. And he knew we could be better. And he wanted to push us. I believe some of you have potential in here that you're not maximizing. God has so much more for you. But you've been trapped by the pattern of this world, caught on the hamster wheel, and you're foregoing the very things that God has for you because you've bought into the lie that I've got to be busy and I've got to do more. I've got to choose what is good instead of what is better or what is best. And so what I want to do, and Daisy, if you'll come, I'm going to close here with one point this morning. look at the first come to Jesus meeting ever. There's actually a come to Jesus meeting in the Bible, <clears throat> excuse me, in Matthew 11, 21. I mean 28. Matthew 11, 28. And I want to look at this and then we're going to close today. But Jesus said, <clears throat> excuse me, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you, say it, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If we'd all be honest in here, we would love that, wouldn't we? Rest for your soul. You can't get it with a nap. You can't get it with a date. You can't get it with a good shopping spree. It's rest for our souls. But we stop running and going and doing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And we pause and take a break. See, Jesus was speaking here to the Jewish community. Who had 613 laws they had to obey in the Torah. It's a lot of laws, isn't it? What you could and couldn't eat. What you could and could not do. And then... Their leaders made up all these other laws with it. Like, you know, the whole Sabbath, you know, rest on the Sabbath? They made up laws that if you drug a chair across your house, you were working on the Sabbath. And they were burdened. These Jewish people were burdened by religion. They were burdened by um, trying to get God's approval. They were burdened. And Jesus shows up and says, man, I can give you rest for your souls. What religion cannot give you, me, Jesus, can give you. And I believe all of us today can, can look at these Jews and look at Martha and look at in, in her life and say, that's probably me. There's a little bit of all that in me. That I'm really busy, I'm on the throne, and I'm trying to control things. Because I believe if, if I don't do it, it's going to fall all apart. And let me tell you a secret. Can I tell you a secret? After you go to see Jesus, that means you pass to see him, they're going to eat potato salad. And they're going to eat baked beans. They're going to talk about you. And then they're going to replace you at your job. And replace you in life. Because everybody's replaceable. It can last without you. Don't 
choose the good things, choose the best things. And I'm convinced that many of us today are stretched and stressed and way too busy for our own good. I mean, you think about it. You go on vacation. And what do you need? A vacation from your tired, worn out. And Jesus promised us abundant life. And I don't, I don't think in that abundant life he ever thought of us being worn out people. The one point that I have for you today is just rest. Just rest. Learn, learn to let Jesus take control. Because none of these other sermons will matter if you don't get this. If you don't let this sink in your heart today, and you let Jesus take over in your heart today, nothing else will matter. Because you'll continue to find the same problem root in your heart. That I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to keep it going. You can say today, yeah, I'm tired, man. I believe where we're at is this. Let's just step off the throne. Let's let God take it back over again. And learn to choose the best things over the good things. And see, that's going to cause some readjusting for some of you. Major changes, as I said before. Peter Drucker, leadership guru, had a conference one time. And all these guys were taking notes and they were going to it through the whole conference. And Peter Drucker said, how many of you guys took a lot of great notes today? They all raised their hands. Yes, great notes. He said, okay, good. How many of you guys are going to do what I just told you you're going to do? I'm going to do it all. He says, now do this. He says, I want you to turn to the back of your page and now write down everything you're going to stop doing. Because you can't do it all. In order to implement new things, you've got to stop old things. I had a mentor who told me in college, he said, Jesus said, come apart and rest a while. Remember that in the Gospels? He told his disciples that. They've been really busy. Come apart and rest a while. And my mentor, Tracy Reynolds, said this. He said, you'll either come apart and rest, or eventually you'll just come apart. God built in for the human the Sabbath. He built in. He wants us to have margin in our lives. But we have time for Him, time for our family, time for the things that matter. Which means we may have to shut off the, the computer and shut off the TV and make some changes. The people who are most successful in life and do the greatest things have margin built in. And that's what I've made a commitment to do in my life this year is I build in margin. I have a day off that I take each week. I take that day. I'll, I'll take that day. Because listen, if I get hit by a Mack truck next week, can I tell you a secret? Y'all going to have somebody else preaching within a month at this place. It can last without me. I have to trust God and ask God to help give me margin in my lives. If you will, bow your head and close your eyes today. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, there are some of you in here today that heard this message and, and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've heard me talk about Jesus gives rest and, and Jesus gives peace and, and Jesus has potential for you and has an abundant life. And either you've never given your life to him or today you're saying, man, you know, I, 